0: Hey y'all, welcome back to 2 Timothy 3.16. Today we're continuing our Bible study, which is so exciting, in Genesis chapter 8. And I have a lot to go over in this chapter because I really, this week, I really, really, really dug into this chapter. I was, I mean, my my Bible is highlighted, my Bible journal is filled with notes, and I am so excited to dig in today into God's Word and study with y'all. So I'm really excited, I got a new bible journal this week cuz my old one that my friend had given me a long time ago was i filled it up and so i was so happy this week i was able to get a new bible journal so wednesday look out for a blog post about really neat bible journals i saw from hobby lobby and other places i was there were so many i couldn't decide and i finally picked one and so i'm so excited to maybe do a blog post coming out wednesday with different Bible journals and different items to use for studying God's word. Alright, let's dig in. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from the heavens was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the hundred and fifty days the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventh day of the month upon the mountains of the Arat. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. And the tenth month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of the forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made, and he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro, until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were baited from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. And he put forth his hand, and took her, and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off, so no one knew that the waters were baited from off the earth and he stayed yet another seven days and sent forth the dove which returned not again unto him any more and it came to pass in the six hundredth and first year and the first month in the first day of the month the waters were dried up from off the earth and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked and behold the face of the ground was dry and in the second month on the seventh in the twentieth day of the month was the earth dried, and God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both thou thee both fowl and of the cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth and noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with them every beast every creeping thing and every fowl and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark and Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took every clean beast, and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more, for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more every thing living as I have done while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease and verse 1 and God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged God remembered Noah and his family along with every living thing that was on the ark and I just think that's so amazing and verse 4 and the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Herodite. The ark rested in the seventh month. So does that mean it rested in July? And this date and time we, we use, it would. So like if it were in today's time, it would be July. Cause you know, seven months would be July. Methuselah's death is a great pinpoint to the dates we see of Noah and his family. Because what I've researched is to find that Mithluzla's death was on a Friday, September 13th. So, Friday the 13th. (laughs) Noah's family enters the ark about 47 days later. In verse 5, the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month on the first day of the month, where the tops of the mountains were seen. We see here that the waters decreased until the seventh month which relates back to verse 4 on how the ark rested in the seventh month so if you're taking it from the time Methuselah died and researching in the bible time then you can find out what the actual date and day was verse 7 and 8 and he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also, he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the earth and ground, or face of the earth and ground. So why did Noah send a raven and then a dove? I'm not 100% sure why. I do know that ravens are scavengers and more prone to survival and can, take on a harsh, and can take on harsh conditions. They tend to travel over a widespread area and can fly longer and like in a wider distance that rest for a lot longer. Versus doves live off seeds and insects, meaning the waters would have needed to been gone in order for the dove to rest and eat. Also, doves like to rest on dry ground, and are known to fly in low valleys, and feed off of vegetation. So we see here that was the difference between the raven and the dove. When Noah sent out the raven, he could see if there was more land, and he could go further distance and see if there was more land. Versus the dove could see if, if it was dry right there, where they were and how dry it was. I think it's so neat how God even has down to the details he has provided us everything we would ever need. Even down to the details of a raven versus a dove. Verse 9. But the dove found no rest for the soul of her food, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. As we just talked about in verse 8 the dove liked dry ground. So even if the trees and things were there for the dove to land on, she would the dove would have still returned to the ark because the water shone on the face of the earth. And she would have earth the dove would have needed to be on the ground more than likely because that's what they liked. That's what they're more natured to. Verse 11. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. We see here that the dove brought back an olive leaf, letting Noah know that the waters became abated, meaning less intense or widespread. Verse 12. And he stayed yet another seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him anymore. We see here that the dove did not return, meaning it found dry land. Because remember, the dove likes dry land. They're more used to that. They eat off vegetation and they also eat off of insects. Verse 15 and 16. And God spoke unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons and thy sons' wives, with thee. We see here, God and Noah were really close because God spoke to him and gave him specific instructions to go forth off the ark and take his wife, his sons, and his sons' wives. Verse 17. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both valid both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. Again we see God saying, Be fruitful and multiply. In Genesis, my Bible says, Be fruitful and multiply nine times. I feel as though this is important to God. I don't see what it be telling us to be fruitful and multiply so many times. God Wants us to have children. God loves children. I feel like, and He wouldn't tell us to be fruitful and multiply if He didn't want that. Verse 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour, and the Lord said in His heart, "I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living, as I have done." And the Lord had smelled Noah's sacrifice unto the Lord. I feel as though they were almost celebrating and sacrificing and making maybe a meal or something. And God said he will not curse the ground again. God knows man's heart can be evil and sinful, but he can also see our hearts and know that we're like when we're trying to do good and when we're, when we're innocent and we're trying to obey him and seek after him, that's why it's so important to be still and know that he is god verse 22 while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and coals and heat and summer and winter and dry land and night shall not cease and while the earth remain night and day summer and winter will stay god is so good y'all he cares for us and loves us he always is forgiving i'm so thankful that the lord is forgiving because we are sinful even said you know our, god knows our hearts are sinful and we are we're sinful people we're falling people in a in a fallen world but thank goodness god sent his son to save us from our sins history repeats itself y'all if everybody could just read history and know that history is real it would save us so much trouble because we would know oh this seems to be aligned a lot with similar things in history and we could see maybe how our future would f- be fulfilled a matter of fact we see in revelation how the future is going to be fulfilled it has it all written out on signs to see i don't know about y'all though we're living in a day and age where the signs are definitely parallel to the signs to see in revelation That's another chapter, there's another book for another day. We're in Genesis right now. And I just hope you find this as encouraging as I have. I have just been so excited reading it the last few days. And I just hope you have too. I feel like I'm going 90 miles an hour. I'm so sorry. Y'all might want to re-listen to this another day. But I just encourage you to dig into God's word this week. Read this chapter and study it just as I have. Study it even more. And comment. Let us know what you think message us get a hold of us we have an instagram facebook let us know what you think we hope you found today's podcast encouraging we also have instagram facebook and now pinterest so don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts to stay up to date with new information